Hi, I'm Alan Altman. And I'm Dave Jeffskow. And this is Billy Joel A to Z. Billy Joel, he wrote so many songs, some fast, some slow, and some go on too long. All the hits and hidden gems, even the turds, it ends at Z, not A. With your friends Elon and Dave. Hello and hello, and thank you so much for joining us on another episode of Billy Joel A to Z with your friends Elon and Dave. Thank you. Well, we did it. On April 6, 2021, we could never imagine we would get all the way to the end of the S's, but here we are. Slipping away into a state of grace. I can't help it, Alon. And are ready to wrap up our second part of Billy Joel songs that begin with the letter S. The letter S's brought us 19 beautiful Billy Joel songs and yet 25, including this one, episodes between a two-part scene from an Italian restaurant, two-part wrap-up, an album review, a guest, and a live concert review. Phew. So. Even though this is a part two, quite frankly, I'm pretty sure we could have probably done a part three. We have lots to cover today as we go through each song, rankings, listener feedback, additional songs that begin with the letter S, and a preview into the T's. So sit back, get ready as we try to compact all of this into, as I keep calling it, a cozy few hours. And let's begin by recapping the songs we'll be focusing on today well it's a rainy night in paris and i'm sitting by the same it's a pleasure to be soaking in the european rain now my belly's full of fancy food and wine A postcard, a folded stub, a program of the She's so fascinating that you're still there waiting when she comes back for the kill. 
After hearing that, I say to myself, Billy Joel 
is one cool dude. Let me introduce on the other side of the microphone our friend and co-host of the Billy Joel A to Z podcast, the hardworking comedian and Billy Joel specialist, Alan Altman. Greetings, Alan. A lot of work to get to today. Am I right? You're right. I can't believe it. When you said there was 25 episodes we did throughout all the S's, that blows my mind. Because any other podcast, you know, that's like half a, that's half a year, basically. But we're doing twice a week. But even so, what what is that? 12 weeks. It's like three months of S's. Yeah. This woman, uh, I just turned her on to the show and she goes, Jesus, you guys have done 20 seasons. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, I didn't tell her that, you know, one of the seasons is one episode. <laughs> yeah. The Q&A. <laughs> right. Right. But I did. So let's listen. We got a lot to do. We don't want to make this too long. Really, we could do three parts in the S's. And maybe that's something we think about in the T's. But that's ridiculous. I don't think any. I mean, I know people don't mind when we talk about stuff, but that's just too much. So let's get to the rankings. That's of all 19 songs. All right. So I'm going to go through mine first, as I usually do, unless you'd like to go first. No, you can go first, but why don't we do it the Paul Lauren way? I don't want to do it backwards. that way. No, I don't know why. I don't like it that way. Let's let Paul Lauren always do that. I thought about that, and I'm like, you know what? I like doing it the way we've been doing it for some reason. I know it builds suspense, but there's no suspense to me what our number ones are going to be. So I think it's better going down. All right, so here's what I'm going. I'm starting with Summer Highland Falls. That's a no-brainer. That's why I say, what's the point of doing it, number one? Everybody knows we've already talked about it. it's going to be Summer Highland Falls or it was going to be sleeping with the television on. But I decided Summer Highland Falls would be my number one S song uh, because sleeping with the television on as much as I like it. And the more I've been listening to it, it still it doesn't hold up as much as I like. So now I got to make a full decision on my favorite song of all time. Scenes from an Italian restaurant with no question goes at three, even though that should be probably everybody's one. But for me, it's going with three. Mostly, quite frankly, after we heard it live. Now it's three. It might have been further down if we hadn't gone to the concert. Wow. Number four, She's Always a Woman. A lot of this stemmed from listening to it at the concert, I have to say. And number five, State of Grace. Go figure. I don't know. I like that song, and it's in my head a lot. Number six is She's Got Away, mostly because I couldn't put She's Always a Woman and She's Got Away back to back. So that really could have gone either way. (laughs) Then I have surprises, which I think surprises a lot of people. Uh, then somewhere along the line, which I was surprised about how high up I had it. Mm. She's right on time and souvenir at number 10. Then we go a little further. I have stiletto. Sometimes a fantasy. Scandinavian skies, which I was surprised was up much higher than I thought. Stormfront. Stop in Nevada, say goodbye to Hollywood all the way down there. I just do not care for that song for some reason. Shades of Grey, mostly that would be higher if it wasn't for the bop, 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 buzz. Mm. Street Life Serenader, and last but not least, of course. Well, actually, last and completely least, Shameless. I think everybody saw that coming, so there was no reason to go bottom to top, for me, at least. Okay, that's an interesting list. Some surprises. In that yeah. list. Okay. Well, I'm going to get into my list and it's uh, pretty different than yours. Some things are similar. So my number one, I went with scenes from an Italian restaurant. You have to, you know, Everybody one of us, to. one of us had to, if you, it wasn't going to be you, it had to be me. Right. Yeah. Okay. Then I went to summer Highland falls. Then I do sleeping with the television on. All right. So our top three are extremely similar and, yeah. and it's like anybody's game. 
<laughs> yeah, it's one of those things. Like when we're trying to rank turnstile songs, it's like, I don't know, it could go in any order. Right. But I put Say Goodbye to Hollywood next. I know you, yeah, you really like low. you like that song. Yeah, I particularly like that song. I know some people don't care for it as much, but I, I it really does something for me. Then I do what you said you couldn't do. I go, she's got away and she's always a woman. So I oh, put yeah, them back okay, to back. That's so funny. Okay. And those could flip flop too. I don't know which one's better, but they're both great. Then I go with stiletto. Sometimes no. a fantasy. I, I could have switched stiletto a little higher, but yeah, it just didn't work. And then sometimes found, okay, go ahead. Sorry. Then she's right on time. Yeah, that's great. And then just like you, State of Grace, I'm surprised at how high it is. I know it's already, I've already named a lot of songs, but for me, this is, I, I put this in bold on my list because I was like, man, the more I think about the song, the more I like it a lot. Yeah, I even sang it in the opening. <laughs> I was thinking about it, you know? Yeah, it's just good. And then, then Surprises, which also is a song you don't think about, but it's, it's a it's surprise damn good. that we have so high. Yeah. <laughs> I put Street Life Serenader next. Uh, I do think it's a really good song. I know you're down on it. Other people are very high on it and are mad at you for being down on it. Oh, well, <laughs> I've, I've liked it a little better now, but I don't like it better than any of these songs. I just want yeah. to tell Alex Sulkin, I apologize uh, for having it so low, but it has been completely growing on me and it's in my head a lot, mm-hmm. but I still don't really love it. Well, for my next is Stop in Nevada, which I think you had lower also. I had that at 15. Okay, so I'm a little bit higher than you on that one. Then I go with Shades of Grey, and I actually had that higher originally, and then I thought about the bop, bop, bop. Exactly, exactly. And I said, I can't do this. Yep. Then I go Scandinavian Skies, which I used to think would be higher on my list, but uh, compared to these other songs, I don't think it holds up as well. That's the problem, the comparison to the other songs, yeah. Souvenir, nice song, but just a little too small. So I put I'm it down near the bottom. I'm surprised that's uh, further down for you. I thought that would be higher. It's really nice, but to me, it's a little snippet. Then I go somewhere along the line. So a lot lower than you on that one. Yeah. And then I guess my big surprise is I go Shameless and then Stormfront. So Stormfront is my bottom song. Oh. Because I think Paul Lauren really made me appreciate Shameless a lot more. Well, I agree with you in the fact that Paul Lauren did it, but it's funny because I always say... Every- even the bad Billy Joel songs are good songs, but Shameless will never work for me unless Paul Lauren uh, does it in a different dynamic, which he really is good at proving a point. Yeah. But for me, I don't know. Where'd you have Stormfront? Oh, toward, towards the, well, 14. 14. I mean, so yeah. pretty, you know, a decent amount higher than me. But for me, well, I don't know, just the, the nautical themes and the. Sure. I, I just always l- like it, I guess, but I obviously don't love it. And I liked it better than stop in Nevada and say goodbye to Hollywood. I knew shades of gray street life, serenader and shameless were the bottom three. And I knew what the top three were. So the other stuff is where it gets all mixed up. Yeah. But overall, we got to say Billy did a pretty good job there. 19 S songs. all pretty darn good. They're all really good except for shameless. And obviously everyone else can make a case for that. But for me, otherwise every song I'm getting to like street life, serenader a little better. But I, but then I would say those two are the only ones I would throw away, and that's still seventeen outstanding songs. Yeah, that's a pretty good batting average, seventeen yeah. out of nineteen. Exactly. So I guess let's go over the individual songs that we spoke about after the first wrap up, and you'll tell us uh, what some of the listeners might have said. spoken length about all these songs but let's just go we had somewhere along the line i had no other notes about that one (laughs) (laughs) 
Well, yeah, we had some. So first of all, everyone gave us great comments about all of these songs, but there's so many songs to go through and so little time. So if we leave out anything that you guys told us, we still appreciate the comments. Uh, we really do, too. It's it's my favorite thing to look at when Alan puts them up, because what's better than, you know, seeing what everybody else thinks, too, even if you you know, are mad at me, it's still great to see what everybody's thinking and the fact that people are listening. Because like I said, you know, when you do a podcast like this, uh, just doing it in our home, nobody's listening. You don't think anybody's listening. So it's nice to see the comments, no matter what they are. So thank you for even taking the time to say stuff. Right, Alon? Yeah, absolutely. Although I do picture people listening because my neighbors on this other side of this wall, I think every Saturday when we record are probably like, what is this guy singing? Oh, exactly. I, it's I a deranged same, person over here. I, my chair is right by my door and I can hear my neighbors waiting for the elevator and I know they can hear everything. And they're probably just like, what is this guy doing? Like, what's his job? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's crazy, Mr. Jusco. All right. So getting to the comments somewhere along the line, Steve Hickman from the UK said he loves how American songwriters always assume that it rains in Europe. Well, that's all we've been told by movies and TV. Yeah, London is foggy. Europe is rainy. What, what, what the, in the in the sixties, when I was watching that show, The Avengers, what did Steed always carry? An umbrella. I mean, he fought crime with an umbrella. What are we supposed to think? He's carrying a umbrella for no because it's sunny. <laughs> you, you don't it's, have no idea what I'm talking about. No, but I assume this is someone whose superpower was being prepared. Well, it was him and, and, and Diana Rigg, and they were like a, a super... They weren't superheroes, but they just kind of fought crime. The, there was a really great theme song. Ba, 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 da. The Avengers, in color. So this is not the Marvel Avengers. It's something totally No, different. no. It was a thing called Before the Avengers. It was uh, just two, a guy and a girl, and it was like an action comedy series. Oh. Very popular, very popular. And here, too. Okay. If you're older. Well, so I have not seen the Avengers. Another thing I had not seen at the time of this episode was Broadway Danny Rose. And Jordan Ferber said that me not having seen Broadway Danny Rose was giving him agita. <laughs> Wasn't that great? Oh, my God. That was so funny. That, song that song's in my head all the time now. I know. <laughs> and when you see it, too, and you see him sing it, he, he's so jolly and fun about it. It's really funny. Ooh, ooh. <laughs> yeah, acting everything out. It's really good. File away the photographs. Okay, so our next song was Souvenir. Oh, and let me just say, <laughs> there's this old SCTV sketch uh, where they have every, it's a talk show called The Sammy Maudlin Show, and it's supposed to be like The Tonight Show. There was an episode, and I don't remember who's on, where they always have the guests on, and they play the clip from their new film. And in one particular episode, they played the entire movie by accident. <laughs> and like, and the guest is like, you played the whole movie, you idiot. <laughs> like, <laughs> and I remember it was so funny because I'm like, like, it seems like they're playing the whole movie. And then they come back and they say it, even though, you know, the whole movie's 10, 15 minutes, whatever. But I always remember that I totally almost did that with Souvenir. I almost ended up playing the entire song because it's so tiny. <laughs> Uh, I was just going to, uh, uh, by the time I got to the point I was cutting it, I'm like, uh-oh, I think I played the entire song. So you just cut the last four seconds off. <laughs> it just totally reminded me of that 
SCTV sketch. He played the whole movie, you moron. <laughs> I love that. Like the entire episode that day was just that one sketch to show this. Well, that, that's the thing. They, and the fact that they didn't know that that was happening when they're sitting there watching it for 20 minutes. That's what makes it such a funny line. <laughs> yeah. So getting to the comments on Souvenir, Matt the Great says that he's going to see Billy Joel in Australia in December and he's going to bring a December song sign. Oh, man, that's awesome. And uh, Morley Scott said that Souvenir will be the song played at his funeral. Oh, that's morbid. Good. That's good. And Burt Coast looked up Momento and Memento and said that Dictionary.com says that they are interchangeable. But it's only interchangeable because of the confusion, which is so common. So really, because people like Billy Joel get it wrong, it's sort of become accepted. Well, they should have gotten it right the first time. Next song was State of Grace. Steve Hickman says he does not like this song. Surprisingly, because we like this song. He says that the first verse is basically a copy of Barry Manilow's Look like we, Looks Like We Made It. With all the here I am's, there you are's, there oh you go. Oh my God, that's uh, kind of weird that he said that because I was actually, when I was doing it, I was looking up, what's the song where Barry Manilow says, there you are. Da, 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 and I looked up, this is yesterday, uh-huh. before he told me this. And I was like, oh, it looks like we made it. So it was on my mind too. Uh, Max Weinman Music said that this is a true gem and it boggles his mind that this never became a hit. I think we're starting to think that too. Well, there were so many hits on that album. I guess they just gave up. I mean, I mean, they released what six songs off of it, of a bad album, technically. Uh, A couple of those could have been replaced with this. And our friend Frank Mercagliano, our favorite name to say, said that Joe Lynn Turner did the backing vocals on this song. He was formerly the lead singer of Rainbow which current Billy Joel band members Dave Rosenthal and drummer Chuck Berge were members of. That's right. That's right. Yeah, Dave Rosenthal was in Rainbow right out of high school. That's pretty cool. She's so good with Next song is Stiletto. That's a song that I... Yeah, you know, when I was listening to it, I, I, could, I could maybe see a chance of that in concert. Again, after we went to the concert, I rethink everything. And I was like, I could see uh, Stiletto possibly working in concert. Because it, it's cool. It's got kind of a hard edge. I think people would really dig it. Cinema Craptacula said that the 21 Pilots song, Tear in My Heart, is the unofficial sequel to this song. Oh. I don't know that song, but I'll check it out. Gowdy Man Can said that Small Lego is a fantastic parody. And he actually had just gone to Legoland and stepped on a Lego right before this episode came out. <laughs> so uh, perfect timing for me. Greg Bath has a correction for me. I said that Mike Durnt was Green Day's drummer. He pointed out that that's actually the bass player and Trey Cool is the drummer. Well, that would make sense since I said, hey, you know that drummer from Dream- Green Day is really cool. And then so- I was like, Durnt? <laughs> <laughs> it's a good last name. Yeah. It's still Billy Joel to me said that in Liberty's book, he explains that whole umbrella thing we were talking about. And yeah. apparently he attempted to use the umbrella, but it didn't actually sound so good on the recording. So what they ended up using was real finger snaps. Oh, okay. So we weren't crazy that we couldn't hear the umbrella. Yeah. Oh, that makes me feel so yeah, much Yeah, it just better. was not I there. Mean, I think I was just listening to that one recently. I was down back, you know, I was re-listening in the car to make sure, you know, we didn't say anything stupid. I mean, you. For your career, me, I couldn't care less. Yeah. And I was 
listening for it, listening for it again. And uh, I'm just like, damn it. And so thank you, because we asked, can somebody tell us where it is? So now that we know it's nowhere, that makes me feel now I can listen to the song like an adult and not have a panic attack. Yeah. Yeah. That Frank we Worth- do a Billy Joel podcast and we don't know where it is in the song. How do we not know where the umbrella sound is in every single Billy Joel? Are song? you trying to do your Paul Lynn? Oh, was that almost Paul Lindy? Yeah. How do we not know where the umbrella sound is? So Frank Mercogliano points out that on Kreplach, your favorite live album, oh, yeah. <laughs> and he called it that, uh, halfway through the song, Stiletto, Billy sings in the wrong key for a little bit. And he's surprised that of all the versions they did in Russia, that this one made it onto the album. Like, how bad must the other versions have been? <laughs> yeah, you must have done it bad twice or three times, right? <laughs> yeah. And then the Bad's final comment. The, we got. Right. <laughs> <laughs> the final one that I'll mention is Greg Jacks, who is a great piano player himself, mentioned that the stiletto piano break is, for him, the third hardest in Billy's whole repertoire after Angry Young Man and Everybody Loves You Now. Okay, that makes, thank you, because I was saying, boy, that seems really hard. And then we were asking if there's musicians out there that think, you know, we're crazy. So that that at least makes me feel better because that's the one we were talking about patting your head and rubbing your tummy at the yeah. same time. It's very difficult. So it is as difficult as it as it seems if you think about it. If you're listening to it, you're not even giving it a second thought. And she left a little letter, said she's gonna make a stop in Nevada. Oh, okay, so next let's take a stop in Nevada, huh? Yes, let's do that. <laughs> let's do that let's get a quickie so, divorce so i took i took this part out we were talking about about route 66 you were talking about route 66 i said it was in new jersey because there is a route 66 in jersey but i was wrong like there's there's a route 66 in jersey but apparently it's, the real one starts in chicago and goes to santa monica and i took this whole part out because the whole thing was a mess and i was i had total wrong information and we didn't know what we were talking about but it's kind of funny now they like Billy Joe was talking about, I think just taking one road and maybe we were talking about route 66 because we thought it was one road you take, but now in this day and age, you got to take 290 to 88 to 80 to 76 to 70 to 15 to the 210, right to the 10 and then route. And then, and then, and then you've made it maybe to Nevada. It's a lot of much more roads, which they didn't have back in the seventies. These are new. Meanwhile, route 10, which you might see in California, if you've been out there, in Santa Monica, that is the only route that really goes across the states. But in the South, it goes from Santa Monica to Jacksonville. Everything else doesn't go all the way. Oh, really? I was watching. I read something about how, like, all the interstates, you could tell, like, so Route 10 is, like, on the South and goes horizontally. And then the next one up will be, like, Route 20, which also goes across the U.S., but a little bit farther north. And then 30, 40, 50. Yeah, then- it's funny because we live by Route 80. So I thought maybe that went far, but it seems to stop in tulsa or toledo okay and that but it goes completely north so it makes sense that 80 yeah, yeah isn't that fascinating i'm fascinated by maps and stuff so i love that kind of stuff and the fact that there's one person that decided this is the way we'll do it and the fact that anybody could build an interstate makes you realize we really are a civilized uh civilization you know like i mean that's that i always think about this like how do you put sporting events together how do you put the NFL schedule together and fit a hundred thousand people at the same time in different cities together. That's when civilization works. (laughs) Yeah. Well, there's a really good documentary. It's a short from ESPN when they were doing their 30 for 30 about this couple in New Jersey, a married couple that did all of the major league baseball scheduling by hand 
for like 30 years until they until the computers came in. Right. Yeah. yeah eventually the computers were played and they, they used a little bit of computer, but a lot of it, they said computers just couldn't figure out the nuances. And also every team had special re- like requests like, oh, oh yeah. in July, we want to be home on July 4th and we want to be here on this day and we can't oh, be here when the Mets that. are here. It, if, if you're like a couple who's we're doing this in Ohio, you're not realizing the Jets and the Giants need off for Yom Kippur. That's not in your head. <laughs> yeah, right. So it's all these things that, that are that are like, yeah, let alone all the other concerts or th- stuff they might have at the stadium that day. I mean, I don't you know, it boggles the mind, but it's yeah. amazing that it gets done just like the roadways. Our pal Burt Coast said that he used to always mishear the lyric as she left a little lettuce, said she's going to make a stop in Nevada. <laughs> so he always pictured Billy Joel coming home to an empty fridge with just a head of lettuce in it. Oh, that's hilarious. Which could happen if, you know, Billy has gone on a binge and eaten all the meatball subs. Maybe the lettuce is all that's left. <laughs> right. Yeah. That's hilarious that you thought there were vegetables in his fridge. <laughs> like you would ever mention a vegetable in a song. That's, <laughs> right. That is hilarious. Okay, moving on. Our next song was Stormfront. Yeah, and I was excited to see what our listeners thought of this song. And I don't remember seeing actually any comments. <laughs> I guess nobody cared. No, some people liked it. M. Max Rivera said he loves this song and he thinks that live is much better than the studio version. And Nick R. Good said that just like you, he remembers this song very fondly because he's of the same age where, you know, there was this gap after the bridge came out. And then all of a sudden, finally, here's the new Billy Joel. And this song hits and it's a hard hitting but fun song. And so it really it lives on in his memory that way. Yeah, especially like I think we said I think I got this right this time that he would open the Stormfront concert tour with it. And it was a good way to open a concert. Yeah. And then he even did it earlier this year. He opened two or three shows with Stormfront. Yeah, it's a good opening song. It's powerful. And then one one last comment we had on Stormfront was regarding this is around when you changed to the new theme music for trivia in our episodes. (laughs) And Chris Serico said he wanted to know if you were annoyed to find out that this is the same trivia music that the Yankees use. Okay. I found it. Well, he also wanted to know how does your anger about this rank on the Beaufort scale? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's really funny. But yeah, no, I found it while watching the Yankees game and I knew it was from Seinfeld. And it's my favorite song in Seinfeld when they're doing the Jerry pilot. So I was really happy to find a really clean, nice version of it. And I love that. It's uh listen, I hate the Yankees, but I appreciate I like Michael Kay and I love all that kind of, you know, the talk that they do. Like, I don't hate the announcers or anything. And, you know, they, I mean, I don't know, you know, sometimes, I mean, I don't hate Aaron judge or, you know, I've never hated Derek Jeter. I hate the Yankees fans. So I don't hate the broadcast. It's kind of funny. Cause it's like the opposite for Yankee fans where we love the team, but we like do not like our broadcasters. People Susan don't like Waldman, Michael K. Michael K. Eh, I don't know. He's a phony. I like him. I like the radio. I like Susan Waldman. I, I don't like, uh, the uh, John Sterling because he's always like, annoying when you hate a team, you know, but that's all right. See, the guy from the Mets goes, put it in the books, <laughs> <laughs> put it in my butt. <laughs> shut up, <laughs> shut up, Alon. Just shut up. Okay, let's move on to Street Life Serenader. All right, so those doo-wop guys with Frank Stallone that you were talking about were in Rocky 1 and 2. So I I put in the the Rocky 2 version. 
because in one, they're only in the opening credits. So that's probably why I forgot about them, because every time I turn it on, I'm always in the middle. Uh You know, so I rarely see the opening credits for Rocky. I'll see it on cable and I'll be like, oh, Rocky's on. I'll turn it on. And I always miss the opening credits with the with with the actual credits on and stuff. And they're in one, but they're in both. Okay, that's good. good The one one that I the one that I put in was from Rocky, Two. You're welcome, everybody. If anyone was upset about that. I'm real late. Can you throw down a prayer? Something? Can you throw down a prayer? I'm so late. <laughs> so on Street Life Serenader, we got some uh, some flack, I would say. Um, our former guest and showrunner for Family Guy, Alex Sulkin, said, this is an insane take. This song is fantastic. Yep. That was probably directed at you, Dave. Yep. Well, it was. He's and that quite clear. <laughs> <laughs> we got interesting comments about this song. So, um, Jordan Ferber points out that later on in the same album, Billy Joel sings, I'm not a serenader in the entertainer. Listen, that album is a mess, a <laughs> mess. That and the bridge are just insane. Super Dave. Awesome. said that he imagines shopping center hero to have been the inspiration to foreigners jukebox hero. Yep. I was thinking that same thing. Yeah. And M. Max Rivera said that on Songs in the Attic, that live version, which is so good, apparently the audience was completely overdubbed and he never actually played it at the live show. It was just played during the sound check. See, I was going to say, there's no way that audience is that excited to hear Street Life Serenader live. No way. Yeah. And, and the only reason that he included it on the album is because Brian Ruggles, his longtime sound guy, said that it was his all-time favorite Billy Joel song. Well, that So Billy put it on. Right after that. And on YouTube, you can find the soundcheck version without the audience overdub. And honestly, it sounds great that way, too. Oh, that's interesting. Well, like we said, he was searching for it. You know, he was like, well, I can't just pick one from Street Life Serenader. Street Life Serenade. Moving on to a song uh, that some people liked called Summer Highland Falls. All right. So let me just tell you right now. So I put myself singing on it which is a risky thing to do. And even I, when I played it, thinking, I guess, what other people would think. Like when I sang that song and I put it out, it was uh, the pandemic. So I didn't think anybody cared. But now hearing it back and, you know, comparing it to the Billy Joel one, I feel like I sound just like Mr. Belding on my version. (laughs) That is what (laughs) it said to me when I was listening. (laughs) And it's nine o'clock on a Saturday. <laughs> no, it was good. It was good. Uh, to, to me, it sounded like the first thing that came to my head. Oh, my God. I sound like Mr. Belding. I wrote it right down so I could tell you on the wrap up. I'm like, I'm I apologize. Maybe it sounds OK. But to me, it, it, for some reason, the clip that I played out of context sounded like Mr. Belding. <laughs> OK, well, listen, everybody else go listen back to the Summer Highland Falls episode and then tell Dave what you think. Of no, don't. No, it's all right. If you don't want to tell us this, we're not looking for anything. We don't want any of the other knowledge. Anyway, the best part about this song is how funny we were talking about. We were making fun of musicians choosing this song before it was popular because we were saying it was popular later with the fans and made a hilarious reference to a musician choosing all you want to do is dance. Like, I bet you they choose all you want to do is dance. This is before Paul Lauren wrapped up turnstiles. And we said <laughs> in Summer High in the Falls, can you imagine if there was some douchebag, <laughs> I mean, the, the, he didn't hear the song because I think we recorded it after Summer Highland Falls came out. 
So he didn't even hear us talking about it. No. And then lo and behold, he's telling us his favorite song on Turnstiles is All You Want to Do Is Dance. It was, uh, it maybe it's, I, I, I even wrote down at the 42 minute mark. I actually say it's one of those songs where it's one of those songs where he's going to convince you why it's good. And then you have to second guess it. And that's exactly what happened in the Turnstiles wrap up. It's unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah. It totally is. Really crazy stuff. Serendipity. That's what it is. So obviously with Summer Highland Falls, everybody loves the song. People were saying it was their favorite or one of their favorites. So that's no surprise. Of course, it made me feel better that everybody was saying that they agreed in the sense that it wasn't big. It became bigger later, you know, like more in the 90s that, you know, as a fan favorite than it was like when I was, you know, just discovering Billy in the early 80s or anything. Yeah. yeah. People seem to agree. Yeah, someone had mentioned, I didn't write this one down, but someone had mentioned that because of those town halls that he would put out that get released and people would be requesting it, it became like more popular. And maybe yeah. that helped Billy realize also, oh, people like to hear this song. Oh, that makes sense, yeah. So we had good comments about the parody, which was the the Back to the Future parody, Autumn Hill Valley. Our friend Autumn B. Melody said that this was her favorite parody. I wonder why. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> named after her. Gira Sola Sola Gira, who I know I'm saying her name wrong, but no one told me how to do it right. No, because it sounds great that way. It's my favorite way. Right. It's better this way. They said that this is the number one song for them. And also the fact that I could change the word euphoria to DeLorean and have the song still move her really just shows how great the song is. So in this episode, I had sang a little bit of this song also with a country twang because it feels a little country to me, uh, especially the word lover. And so Isabella Lids said that now she's always going to sing it with a country twang because of that. So I've ruined the song, I suppose. <laughs> well, hey, I've ruined many a song for everybody. So it's your turn. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Dino Courtney answered a question we had, which is what is that instrument he plays in the solo? Apparently it is the soprano sax. Ah, thank you. Dino Courtney is our new friend, our new listener. Yeah. Half very dinosaur, nice. half person. <laughs> I think she's very, very sweet. There was so many mistakes And what a difference it makes But still it shouldn't surprise you at all Our next song was Surprises. And what were we? So surprised that it was amazing. What I was really surprised about was how everyone agreed with us. And even to a greater extent, people were saying, I really thought we were the only ones who thought this was like such a great hidden gem. Steve J. Johnson said it's Billy's best deep cut with lyrical gymnastics worthy of the Olympics. B. Goldman said it's his favorite hidden gem. Jesse Thomas Brown said it's one of the most impressive hidden gems in the whole catalog. Highly artistic, intensely performed, and brilliant. And B. U. 2 Believe said, forget hidden gems. It is their third favorite Billy Joel song. Yeah. I'm, well, of course they agreed because we just discovered it. So they're just discovering it. It's so deep. No one ever talks about it. We were making fun of it when we're like, huh, what do we got tomorrow? Surprises. I mean, it's just like nobody talks about this song. So that's the beauty of this show. We're finding these songs from a guy that doesn't make any music anymore. And then we find these wonderful songs that are just reevaluating his greatness and we can treat them like new songs we never heard before. It's beautiful. Yeah, that's the beautiful thing about this. So then we had our Turnstiles album wrap up. Yeah. In, in between, which was so much fun and i will just tell you that i had no idea paul was going to play i didn't ask him to play i mean i wanted him to play but i you know we don't want to be rude he was taking enough time just to even come on and be with us you know which was amazing so i mean we couldn't have been more thrilled that he was playing and i don't think i told you guys this because 
I think I said it on my regular podcast, Just Get Out of the City, that I, when I was putting the episode together, I think I had gotten a little high, which I don't normally do, but I just ordered dinner like just on my phone and then I'd forgotten about it because I was high. And I was listening to him play Miami 2017. And I was just sitting back and I'm like, oh my God, this is so good. This is so great. God, he's so talented. And I was just really getting into it. And, and then a pizza came. It was fantastic. It was like the best night of my life. Thank <laughs> <Yeah>. you, <Paul>. <laughs> <laughs> you know, maybe New York isn't dead after all. <laughs> they burned down the Bronx, but pizza still delivers. <laughs> no, but yeah, that was so, great. That, that was super fun. That album wrap up. It's going to be fun. When we, I mean, that, like, you know, it's kind of all, well, it's not downhill. I mean, we have a lot of fun, but Turnstiles was, that's a great album wrap up. It's a great al- album to wrap up. Yeah, a great way to to start off our album wrap-ups. We really started with a bang. And Paul, I mean, amazingly made everyone fans of All You Want to Do is Dance. So he I, totally I, redeemed that song. Unbelievable. What was cool is in the comments on this episode, a lot of people gave their rankings of all the Turnstile songs. And the consensus number one was Miami 2017. Interesting. Which we cannot disagree with. Yeah, And we got one comment, which I thought was one of my favorites, which was from B. Goldman. He said... In the course of three days, Christopher Bonanno shits on Summer Highland Falls. Billy Joel plays a day in the life for us at MSG. And all you want to do is dance, gets a redemption arc. What is going on? Wow, she's good. That's exactly what happened. Isn't that fascinating? You know what? For me, Miami 2017 will be number one in songs from the attic. Because that yeah. live version is all I listen to now. Well, I feel like when we're, when we're ranking the songs here, I think it could be either version. For me, I was thinking of the song overall i don't care if it was the not, one not for me. that live one is 10 times better the liberty's drumming again as much as i want to give that guy shit his drumming on that is not to be believed wait so are we going to do a songs in the attic album wrap-up too yeah why wouldn't we are we going to do a Kreplock album wrap-up no <laughs> okay a my right lives now, album wrap-up thinking about it you didn't even make me pause for a second we're definitely not doing a my lives wrap-up how dare you even mention it <laughs> what i say about killing time on this podcast uh... <laughs> Oh, so what last thing I'll say about the Turnstiles wrap up is Paul singing my parodies was like a dream come true. It was amazing. And I think everybody else was also blown away by Paul's renditions. One person gave me a comment, which was that it was amazing to hear my songs in key, which is (laughs) kind of hurtful, but I understand. But geez, you're so right. And it's hard to make fun of your songs now. It's no fun actually now when you're doing them, because now I know they may work when Paul does them, not just because Paul's doing them, but you know, then you realize your lyrics really are good when somebody's playing the correct weird owl type way. Yes. So good for you. Uh, as long as we're on that subject about turnstiles and coming up with a bang, our next album wrap up is unfortunately the bridge. And I only bring it up because it, how interesting is it when we went to the concert, we did our concert wrap up, uh, which was so much fun. And I hope you guys liked the wrap up. Do you realize that he played a song off every album? Except the bridge. That's why it was such a good show. Exactly. I didn't know that, but that's uh, that's interesting. Yeah. Well, did you see what I put in at the beginning when we we're pretending we were at the concert? He's playing all the stuff. I put in Big Man on Mulberry Street, where I'm just going, no, no, no. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that would have been so sweet if he played that. Oh, I would have been so upset. A hidden gem. Oh, plus I I know I kept saying always a woman. But that's because that's what he had on his list. I I heard myself saying it a hundred times. I'm like, what am I doing? Wait a minute. There's no song called Always Woman. We would have done it in the A's. 
but that's what he had on his list. And that's why I kept reading from that. He didn't, he didn't put, she's always, he put always a woman. And that's why I kept calling it that. And that's just as bad as the, uh, just the, just the way you are would be calling it the other thing that before. Yeah. The way we was, but that's, yeah. So his set list always has a little shorthand for the songs, which is kind of like with comedy. I, I do the same thing. You probably do it also where we're trying to figure out what order of jokes to do. We'll right. just write like a little keyword that reminds us of the, right, joke. of course. So there's no problem, but that's what I was reading from. So sorry, everybody. That must've been annoying for people. That would be annoying for me if I was, li- it was annoying for me as I was listening. So also I noticed in the comments on the concert wrap up, everybody's on board with him never playing river of dreams again. Yeah. Yeah. There's kind of a consensus that we're done with that song. And clearly Steve Mandel knew it and uh, the audience knows it. And so that's all I was saying. If you're talking, you know, if you're listening to that episode where I'm saying some of these songs should be retired, I think he needs one of us to just say, Billy, uh, here's what should happen. I think we made a good case for some of them. Yeah. We're going to get his ear. Uh, we also another thing that you said, which was controversial, was that Allentown doesn't work. But Chris Serico was at the show that we were at also, and he agrees with you. He ranked oh, all the songs from the show, and he also felt like Allentown doesn't work quite as well live. And, and we're not saying I played Allentown all throughout that concert thing because I like the song. It just doesn't work in concert anymore. That's all I'm saying. So, I mean, I didn't nobody really got angry, but I was afraid people would, you know, like that's heresy. But um, no, I it just. I'm just saying it didn't work. I was looking at the crowd. I always like to look at the crowd, see their reaction, and they were bored. Yeah. That's all. Bert Coast said there are two types of people at a concert. There are Alans and there are Daves. The Alans maximize opportunity and they're fully aware of where their seats are. They can tell when people are being romantic. And the Daves, which is like him, he said, drink lots of beer, critique songs in real time, and screw up bathroom breaks. Woohoo! But we, yeah. both, we both screwed up the bathroom breaks. Who would you rather be? Yeah. <laughs> the Daves are more fun. I'm awesome. <laughs> and then the last comment was from B Wisniski 13, who said that they're going to their first MSG show in November and they can't wait to hear December song and bye bye. Where's my lady? <laughs> wait, aren't those the same? No, those are different ones. Oh, okay. <laughs> I get them mixed up myself. Well, yeah, let's hope. Let's hope you guys get lucky. You make sure you let us know if that's true. Yeah. Can you imagine? I think in September we're we're going to uh, Mustang Harry's with uh, Italian Stallion now, right? Yeah, yeah. We don't have tickets for the show, but we're gonna do the, we're gonna pregame with Italian Stallion. Pass out our cards. <laughs> yeah, I still got a lot more to give out. And at the Italian Stallion now, we'll we'll buy you some drinks if you pass out the cards for us at the uh, place because we don't like doing it. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna hire you as a, as our barker, as they say in comedy. Yeah, you don't seem to mind. I mean, you you wear a shirt with uh, the the name of your uh, the favorite song on it, so that's a guy who doesn't care. So, you know, like, I don't know why I'm so I can't get the feeling. He was just like, no, you got to listen to this podcast. All right. He'll be okay with that. Yeah. He's got a knife. (laughs) That's not a knife. That's a knife. So speaking of Italian Stallion Al, uh, he mentioned based on our Joel Osborne episode that he was really jealous of how Joel got to meet Billy Joel. I think we all felt the same way. Uh, And then Al also mentioned that the closest he ever got, and this is kind of hilarious, was one time at one of the Billy Joel Elton John face to face concerts. He yelled out at Elton John and Elton looked at him. So (laughs) not quite the same, Al. No. And of course, you know, the way I met Billy Joel. So that's that didn't work out very well either. But yeah, how about this Joel Osborne? He just goes, yeah, I'm going to town. I'm going to meet Billy Joel. I mean, that kid, you know, you know, you're going to do well in life if you're that 
positive that you're going to. I'm going into the city, mom. I'm going to meet Billy Joel. I'm and going to the city, happens. mom. <laughs> and then he get, and then he meets Billy, uh, Christy, Brinkley, and Alexa Ray, <laughs> all in one fell swoop. I mean, that is a goddamn miracle and a great story. And I hope you guys liked him as a guest as much as we did. And like I said, he's such a terrific guy. I wonder if, like, if we ever talked to Alexa Ray, if she would remember that. I mean, obviously, she was really young, like five, let's say. Or yeah, four. She dropped her ice cream. Right. It's like you remember, remember when you drop ice cream. It doesn't happen every day. That would be like a thing you always remember when I would drop my ice cream in Australia. Yeah. And then she'll be like, how the hell did you guys know that? Uh, well, Elon? Joel? Now, wait a minute. So there's a few other S songs that Billy Joel either sings or has written, and they're not completed the first one we know about is shout which is uh what an isley brothers song which he actually does at the live at yankee stadium album which by the way joel osborne just told us that they're going to put that in the movie theaters to celebrate some sort of anniversary of something yeah and it's funny i don't know what year anniversary that would be yeah i don't know what it is either he says they're putting the whole yankee stadium thing in the movie theater so I guess we should go, even though yeah. it's a Yankee Stadium. Mo- movie feeder wrap that up. Shout! I got it. that's what a horrible version. It's such it's such a long winded song. It doesn't get started until two minutes and forty two seconds into the song. It's always like, oh, yeah. oh. it's just like what you were saying about when you introduce the drummer and it's a twenty minute fucking drum solo. This song stinks. I can remember. Back around 1962. <laughs> 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 Me and my Harlem friends used to come up here in the Bronx to get some of them White Castle And if you really want the best rendition of Shout, it is clearly the one from uh, Otis and the Animal House. Yes, obviously. I was going to Everybody say knows the that Animal one. House. The only good thing about the Yankee Stadium one is that I believe he lets Liberty sing some of it, which is fun, too. Yeah, I was going to say, I, I didn't know if that would be a good thing for you or a negative for you. But, yeah, it's a rare to hear Liberty sing. So that was no, cool. I love it. I, lo- I love it. But I hated the two minutes and 42 seconds to get to the, the part of the, the when the song starts. That's just annoying as shit. Billy Joel's got too many hits to spend two minutes and 42 seconds. And yeah, maybe you're waiting. You're waiting. You're like. Before you go, you make me want to, sh- you know, two minutes and 42. Oh, my God. It's like someone, some asshole singing the national anthem at the Super Bowl. And they go on and, you know, unless you have the over on it and it goes on for three hours. It's so fucking annoying. So yeah, Shout can suck it. 242. He could have played souvenir twice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. See, you're missing out on other songs because this guy's got a fool. Wait, I'm coming to it. 
Like if it was one of his own songs, we'd probably like a song we were waiting for, like moving out. We'd probably be okay with the two minute setup. But if yeah. it's just one of the songs that nobody's giving a shit about, I don't know why he's singing it. I'm just angry at the whole thing. He played it a lot on the Stormfront tour. Why don't you shut up? Everybody who's here seems to want me to play something, so this seems to be an apropos song. That's it. Uh, my good friend Mick Jones showed up at this time of the morning. We've got to do something. This is completely unrehearsed. Lucky totally Seven here, ready to, ready to jump in. And Lucky Seven is going to play uh, the rhythm section with us, and uh, we're going to try this. Okay, this is a... Now, nobody really is sure of this song, so I'm going to just lay it out to begin with, okay? I'm a sleepy town baby Sleepy town boy I work only maybe Life is a joy Cause I'm a sleepy So then there's another song called Sleepy Time Baby. It's called Sleepy Time Time. Oh, it's called Sleepy Time Time. Okay. Uh, I don't know what it is. He's only played it one time on a morning radio show on a lark. Am I correct on that? Uh, There's one other time that he played it live. But it's a cream song. Oh, it's cream song? Yeah. So it's like it's a very standard old blues rock kind of song and he's playing it with mick jones which is kind of cool well, but it's, I, it's I, might have, I i think i heard that live because it was on wnew with dave herman and that you know that was a big rock and roll morning show i mean i you know used to listen to howard but this was in july so i'm sure howard wasn't on that day and they always used to have these live radio shows in the morning at these cool bars and i used to go to a lot of them you know whether it was howard or something or seeing like sometimes you could see your favorite musicians but you had to wake up at six in the morning to go see him and Billy and Christy uh, came to this uh, wherever they, they were. Oh, that's right. They were in Amagansett, of course. Now, he didn't have to leave Long Island. So they did a show on July 3rd in Amagansett, Long Island. And Billy Joel was not kind enough to go because he knows back then in 1991, you're an idiot. If you don't go on the radio and show people you're still alive, you have things you have to sell. He wasn't yeah. ready to retire yet. So he does that song. Uh, with with Mick Jones, interestingly, coming off the uh, right after they worked on Stormfront together. So they were still hanging out. That's why I'm surprised Mick Jones did not produce uh, River of Dreams. Because they're still chilling out and being friends. Oh, they're still together in 91 and they recorded that in like 89. Why wouldn't you know when? I don't know. You know what I mean? Yeah. So you mentioned this was recorded at Amagansett, but for the radio Then I didn't realize I thought this was a different thing. So Amagansett, this is the one time they played this song. Oh, okay. Yeah. It was on the radio program like a morning. He goes, Hey, would you play anything? Well, I guess we could play this. I mean, it was kind of uncool that he didn't want to play any of his own songs. And he yeah. No one wants to hear sleepy time time. Yeah. But... And the guy, I mean, all he wants to do is just play the piano and talk and, and do, I mean, we've seen all of his, you know, uh, talk backs or whatever they're called. I mean, I, I don't know why he has an aversion to playing a small song from piano man or something. You know I mean? It just, 
kind of rude, <laughs> but yeah, at least we got something, and it, it's not very good. Uh, but Mick Jones had his own band called the Lucky Seven. <laughs> Whatever, wow. a reference to his gambling problem. <laughs> <laughs> now, meanwhile, on the on the opposite end of that, there's this unbelievable demo song, which I'd never heard of in my life because it's not finished, called "So Long, Reverend Ike." It is on the My Lives compilation album. Finally, we have a reason that this album should exist. It's fantastic. Am I right, Alon? Did you love it? I love this song. Very, very cool. Another Beatles-y tune. Right. It's an awesome song about organized religion. So it's right up John Lennon's alley. And if we go through the lyrics, I mean, it's really interesting. He's got, uh, so long, Sister Jean, you always kept your habits clean. Uh you tried to teach me virtue. A little passion couldn't hurt you. Then every everything so, goes with like a. It always says, you know, so long or goodbye, goodbye, Father John. I never quite felt like your son. It's a tax-free situation. It looks like half the congregation's gone. I'm afraid that I've gone with them, Father John. These are these are very good lyrics, and the melody is outstanding. Right, Alon? Yeah, so catchy. I mean, why didn't he use this? I I have no idea. Um, I think there was the reason. Maybe it had something to do with only the good die young and, you know, he's already. Yeah, but he could have changed that. the lyrics. The melody itself is so cool. Like, just make it not about religion if he was worried oh, about the backlash. That's true. Well, you know, he's probably got a hundred songs with amazing melodies that we'll never get to hear. And then, of course, our favorite part. So long, Rabbi Gold. <laughs> you wanted more than just my soul. You said God keeps his eye on those who send their bucks to Zion which I believe is the place in the matrix where the humans live. No. <laughs> yeah. This was, a, this was a matrix reference. <laughs> so long, Reverend Ike, you were so unreal. All you could tell me was heaven and hell and Norman Vincent Peel. All right. Here's our favorite part. Here's our real favorite part. Goodbye, Rabbi Gold. When did you start to lose control? My circumcision grieves me. Kosher dinners always leave me cold. So goodbye, a man. Lachayim, Rabbi Gold. How could this song not have made it? <laughs> <laughs> oh, they would have played this at all the temples in everywhere. <laughs> yeah. So he's really just sticking it to organized religion, which is really great, as you know. And Reverend Ike was a real guy. If, uh, By the way, I don't know whether you know this, Alon. Reverend Ike was a real guy, and he was uh, one of those television evangelists, I guess, in the 70s. So. John Lennon, as we know, watched a lot of TV. We know this now after listening to, to whatever episode it was with Uncle Floyd. Yes. And David Bowie singing about this stupid UHF thing. So John Lennon is up all hours and he's watching this guy. And the guy says he would like he, John Lennon would pick up phrases from these TV shows. It's like the way I do my comedy with Dinty Moore Beef Stew and uh, uh, was it uh, Aaron Brockovich? <laughs> everything all my comedy is based on what i watch on tv so one time he's watching reverend ike and he's saying let me tell you guys it doesn't matter it's whatever gets you through the night boom and then john lennon lo and behold writes one of the best songs he ever wrote totally ripping off reverend ike never gave him royalties <laughs> he said i've got to write that down i'll forget it he always kept a pen a pad and pen by the bed and so begins whatever gets you through the night, which is such wow. a great song. Fascinating, right? Yeah, that Reverend Ike could could inspire two of my favorite songs of all time. Well, right, you're <laughs> talking about the also the Billy Joel, which is so funny. He's obsessed with John Lennon. He's also knows something about brother uh, 
Reverend Ike and he's writing a, a song and no religion too. You know, I mean, it's just <laughs> Forrest Gump. <laughs> I know. And I'm thinking of Billy Joel and his love of John Lennon. And yes, it's Forrest Gump, but we know why he says it. So, yeah, but it's too bad. This almost could have been an episode because we obviously do these like unreleased tracks, but this was not completed because he gets through about a minute and a half of it. And he says, I don't have any more than that. Yep. So, that's the problem. Yeah. yeah. We just, we couldn't keep it because yeah, it wasn't finished. We made, we made a decision on it. You know, we talked about it. We're like, nah, it's, if it was finished, we definitely would have done an extra one. We definitely could have. The next one is an interesting one. It's called Sometimes I Wish. And here we go again with like Mr. Cellophane Man or Cellophane or whatever that one was called, where there's lyrics all over the Internet, but no song. There's no indication that it ever existed ever. And yet there are lyrics online for Sometimes I Wish. Okay, I see. I didn't even I missed this one, but I guess I didn't miss it because there's no song. Okay. Uh, And the last one is called Song for Alexa which was 1989, uh, again, a Library of Congress song. And we are all assuming that became Lullaby. Most likely. Yeah. But he registered song for Alexa because he knew he was going to write one. And then he wrote her that awful song. Awful. Absolutely awful. No, it's an awesome awful. song. Well, thank God he didn't put that in the middle of River of Dreams at the concert we were at. Boy, can you imagine playing that in concert? you got to be a genuine idiot. Seriously, you're going to put a lullaby in a concert to lull people to sleep? Are you out of your crazy mind? I don't ever want to see that song concert. If I do, I'm going to ask for my money back. I'm going to actually write to MSG and say, I want my money back. That's a ridiculous song. I wasn't ready to go to sleep. Maybe if you play it at the end of the night, but even I, yeah, I fell asleep because of that song. I missed the last 12 songs. You know, people do that. <laughs> I just didn't want to be that guy, but I might have to be. Yeah. Coming up on Billy Joel A to Z in the next few weeks. Tell her about it. Let her know how much she can. When she can't be with you, tell her you wish you were there. Well, he never traveled heavy. Yes, he always rode alone. And he soon put many all her guns to shame.
So long, Sister Jean You always kept your habits clean You tried to teach me virtue A little passion couldn't hurt you Goodbye, Father John I never quite felt like your son It's a tax-free situation It looks like half the congregation's gone I'm afraid that I've gone with them, Father John So long, Rabbi Gold You wanted more than just my soul You said God keeps his eye on Those who send their bucks to Zion Goodbye, Rabbi Gold When did you start to lose control? My circumcision grieves me And kosher dinners always leave me cold So goodbye, a man like I am, Rabbi Gold So long so unreal All you could tell me was heaven and hell And I'm and Vincent Peel So long Reverend Ike Goodbye Billy Graham Cardinal Cook And his latest book on the Holy Land Goodbye brother I don't have any more than that <clears throat> We can keep that for uh, uh, a.m. Oh yeah right Well I gotta have one of them man <laughs> <laughs>